welcome to a new podcast from ktracing.net. You can listen to us by using a podcast app or Spotify. Just search for kiteracing.net. To find out more about our community, visit kiteboard.racing. My name is Peter Svenhard Ingerstam. Episode number 42 with Marcus Schwentnert, the executive secretary of IKA. Well, I'm managing the whole affairs of uh, of the International Kiteboarding Association in terms of um, yeah, which is a class of Formula Kite, kite foil, twin tip racing, and for all the expression stuff, we have uh, have an agreement with the industry for the for the pro tours. And yeah, I manage the day-to-day business and go to events and um, ensure that it all goes as it should be. Something big has just happened. Tell us about the Olympic. What has happened? Uh, two weeks ago, one and a half weeks ago, was the uh, annual conference of World Sailing, <clears throat> which is the, the final decision-making body or the world governing body for, for sailing, including kiteboarding. And uh, after the mid-year conference in London, where kiteboarding was added as an event, uh, there was still discussion going on about the other events for 2024. And of course, at the end of that week was the AGM, the annual general meeting of all the world sailing members. And we probably all remember 2012 when kiteboarding was Olympic and the AGM overturned it half a year ago, yep. uh, half a year later. Um, so this time it passed all through uh, the World Sailing Council. There was no discussion at all about if kiteboarding should be in the games. That was pretty much set. And also the general meeting in the end confirmed kiteboarding for 2024. So there's nothing that can change anymore on that. That's uh, congratulations. You've been working very tough to get this uh, kite kite foil kite board racing into the Olympics. So so well done. A lot of uh, yeah. It's, it has not been a straight way. It has been a bumper route for you guys, but now it's uh, it's there. Yeah, it has been taking a couple of years. We thought we would have been there in 2012 already, and that was not the case. But we didn't give up and. I think in the end, um, it's it's a great it's a great outcome for kiteboarding. Um, after after having really good great success in the Youth Olympic Games uh, in October, now being confirmed for 2024, uh, I think that will really push the sport forward. But I talked with Adauri and Sofia. Uh, I did a podcast with them, uh, podcast 41. And uh, they get some reflection from from that competition, and they were very happy, especially that uh, they, they they got the gold medal. But they also said that many many riders have been fighting hard just to come to the Youth Olympics. Um, what were you? What's your reflection from 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 the Youth uh, Olympic game? It was it was a amazing experience for everyone who was there, for for the athletes as well as for all the officials. Uh, the whole atmosphere in town was was simply amazing. On the water, um, the conditions were difficult for everyone, also for the windsurfers and the multi-hulls. Uh, it's very shallow, it's very tidal, it's very a lot of strong current, and we had a quite light wind week. Uh, we had to use the reserve day, and in the end that gave the best conditions of the whole week with somewhere between 15-18 knots, I think, in the final. 
And yeah, the, the main issue really, um, there was a lot of excitement in the qualification process that we've seen. One of the biggest challenges was that we only had 12 boys and 12 girls, which basically meant one per continent, then Argentina and, and a handful others, um, which resulted in the problem that a couple of countries didn't even try to go because they said there's only one place for the continent. What's the point of trying when we have all the big nations competing? Mm. So that's something what we have to keep in mind for 2024 when it comes to qualification discussions, um, that the too small quota is really killing it in terms of um, countries that will try to, uh, to qualify. So what's your, what, what, what do you think? The cha- will it be the same in the, in the, in the <coughs> Olympics in, in France? Uh, that it will just be 12, 12, no, that will be a mixed between boys and girls, but how many do you think can qualify to, to, the, to the, the Olympics? I would think that from from past experience, when, when there was a new event, like when the 49er FX was added or the NACRA, um, then the entry quota was usually 20 teams, uh, which in our case would mean 20 mixed teams, so 20 boys, 20 girls, 20 national teams which gives a bit more flexibility in terms of qualification places. So there will be more than one per continent. There will be some more at the Worlds. Uh, It probably will not be such a big problem because uh, the fact that it's going to be a team event, we can talk about how that might look like a bit later, uh, might limit the countries that can participate in the beginning a little bit, so that's one of the handicaps of a, of a team event, obviously, compared to individual medals. But from the choices that we had, it was clear that two medals for kiteboarding will not, hap- will not happen. Um, and one medal is better than no medal, I would say. But back to the to Youth Olympics there, I think uh, both Sofia and Adauri, they are freestyle riders. Uh, Sofia is not uh, competing in freestyle anymore, but Adauri is on the second place on the World Championship. Uh, yeah. WEC, uh, he's they are extremely good freestyle riders, and 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 he and he was winning, and 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 he's on the top on the freestyle. Too. What is your reflection on that? So what we found on the Youth Olympics was that actually freestyle riders have a advantage over the ones that are coming from sailing or from from kitefoil racing, and we expect or we think that it's because they are used to riding in overpowered conditions. And especially in the border cross format, when it's choppy and windy and you have to jump, then being able to control the equipment and uh, holding the edge gives them really the advantage. And it's not so much about tactics. It's all about going fast and controlling your equipment. And yeah, so I guess that worked really well to get uh, people from other parts of the sport into racing. Yeah, cool. I think uh, they both were very happy about it, and they thought it was a big thing to attend to it. And, and I think also it's a milestone for for kite racing and, and kiteboarding uh, in 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 general. So it's uh, fantastic. Uh, back to the youth, back to the Olympics. Uh, you mentioned that it will be one man and one girl competing. Can you just explain a little about the course? There were there a video uh, showing showing the course. How will it be possible to race one? one man and one girl uh, and and how how do you how will you arrange that yeah so the two options for <clears throat> for any type of 
of mixed team event and that has been also part of the discussion about the other mixed events with the Finn, etc. I don't know if you have followed that. Um, is that you could race on two separate race courses and then just add the points together in the end, but that's not really making it one team event. Everyone is doing it individually and there's no interaction. So it became pretty clear pretty early that it has to be some sort of relay. And we have been doing some testing on that. Yep. So the idea is you have a team of one man, one woman, one of the two starts is doing one lap and then going around the marks, coming to a changeover zone. And that changeover zone is basically the one is crossing a line and then the other one can start over, over the same line. That video hopefully explains it a bit. Um, we have been doing, or the Polish uh, team has been doing some tests on that, on the national championships, and it worked really well. Um, at the beginning of the day, everyone was a bit afraid, obviously, of closing speeds of 60, 70 knots when you go full speed against each other, obviously in separate lanes for finishing and for starting. Um, but at the end of the day, it was everyone was dialed in and the starts run very smooth and it was working really well. And so we think that if we get that all sorted out with the rules and setting it up properly and having the changeover zone right in front of the beach, in front of, of a grandstand spectators, then it can be a really amazing format and it might be actually so good that uh, no one will ask for two medals. We will still ask for two medals in the end, but um, it's, it's a good start. But how? What? What is the plan to get more uh, women into to kite uh, foil racing to Formula Kite? Well, I think there will be once once there is a goal, which there is now, there will be enough girls and women to to race. We've seen that in 2012 when it became Olympic for half a year, um, the number of women re registration for the 2012 Worlds. Um, I think went from 10 to 40 in two months. And uh, the RYA, the uh, British Training Association, has done a talent uh, workshop, let's say, mm. uh, earlier this year. And they had 120 applications from girls. And the feedback I got from, from the ones that were doing it was saying that half of them are, are talented and they will, have, they will support a team of five girls next year. So I guess more sailing associations will follow that example to build um, to build the female participation and get more girls out. So we'll see much more girls next year. Um, probably comparing to that when the NACRA 17, the mixed multi-hull started, there were no mixed teams. There were probably one, two, three mixed teams in the whole world sailing a boat with one man and one woman together. Mm -hmm. And that changed very quickly once it became Olympic. So these mixed teams didn't exist when the when the mixed Nakahal was uh, mixed multi high was introduced. Um, so yeah, once you put up a goal, there will be plenty. Okay, uh, the equipment. It has been a lot of discussions and uh, like a, a, I would say sometimes a battle uh, if it would be one one design or uh, uh, open. Uh, or the box throws, and the final decision is what? Yeah, so um, this year in, in the November conference, the decisions were made on the equipment criteria. 
the equipment selection process on what becomes an Olympic class is, is two steps in world sailing. The first step is defining the criteria on what, it, what that equipment should do. That includes wind range, um, weight, size, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second step is then to actually select a class. So for, um, for the other pieces of equipment that need to be selected, um, that also has been done. So all the new events, the equipment criteria have been selected. And for some of them, there will be sea trials. So for example, um, or to give you an equivalent, the windsurfers are going through a re-evaluation process. So there will be sea trials in spring somewhere and different pieces of equipment are actually sailing against each other. And the sailors are giving feedback and see what is the best. For what has been proposed for the kiteboarding event, that will not be necessary. The only proposal for equipment criteria was registered serious production equipment, which is the only class that exists for that is Formula Kite. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's a concept, it's not it's not a one design where you could actually sail different uh, foils against each other or different kites against each other and see what has the biggest range or what works better. Because it's a concept where every interested brand can register their equipment. Um, we expect that it will be evaluated against that criteria and then rubber stamped in May um, and given the name Formula Kite. So, yeah, to, to summarize that, the only proposal, surprisingly, was registered serious production. There was no proposal for one design or for um, open or for anything else. Uh, all the proposals that, that were on the table were the same for registered serious production equipment, and that will be Formula Kite in the end. Okay, but, but can, can every, every, every brand that would like to produce this kind of equipment, they will be possible to do it? Or will there be a selection of like three or five or, or ten brands? Yeah, there will be a selection, but the selection is not necessarily saying it can only, only be two or three brands. The selection is based on the, on the general criteria for manufacturers of Olympic class equipment. Um, the main criteria for that is uh, how much can you build in which quality and how much, how fast can you distribute it. So one of the biggest problems with a, with a catamaran, the Nakwa 17, for example, was that they could only build one boat every two weeks. And mm-hmm. you can imagine how long that took until every country had one. Um, so that will be one of the criteria to say, how how much what are the what is the quality management what are the tolerances the building tolerances and how much can how many can a producer produce and distribute uh, per month to interested customers doesn't need to be the top 10 uh, position uh, before to get the, to get the possible approval but that's that's details that we are working out now with a with a technical department from world sailing at the moment um, the class would say the top five in the world or the top five brands in the world ranking, which includes, let's say, at the moment, the top 10 are on Mike's lap, let's say. Um, so then still can be on 15th or 20th or 25th place in the world ranking, can be the third, fourth or fifth brand. Um, 
comparing that to to trials that are usually held in for the other pieces of equipment, they do the C trials, actually sailing them against each other to find out which what is the performance, how well do they perform. Hmm. Um, and we think that should be better done in real competition so that we get, or that the World Sailing Technical Department, which is taking the ultimate decision then on who's getting a license, can uh, can rely on real data from from a world ranking yeah. to to establish performance parameters. When will the final decision be on the equipment? Because it has been a, uh, I think uh, there has been a pause on the registered equipment. The latest registration date was when? Is it one and a half year ago or? Yeah, about I think May 2017 it was. Yeah. Um, the class rules say, and that is also part of the equipment criteria that have been approved in November from World Sailing, is that um, it all works on the Olympic cycle. So it's one registration cycle for every Olympics. Um, and that means that new equipment can be registered anytime now, but new models that are not on the current list can be raised from the day after the Olympic Games 2020. And then they can be raised until the end of 2021. And by the end of 2021, um, the five, six, seven, however many brands um, that get a license to build the equipment will be selected. So it's one and a half years from opening up the market and riders can go and uh, and test and see what new equipment works. So a new fly surfer or new Levitas or new whatever. Um, and it will go pretty quickly that they find out what works and what doesn't work. And um, then by the end of 2021, that list will be frozen again for basically for two and a half years. Mm. The reason for freezing it is that from a sailing association perspective, they they really love one design because they buy it once and never mm. change and they don't mm. have to test and all of that. Um, there's no way that they're going to buy new equipment every year. And the other reason is that the first qualification event for the 2024 Olympics is in summer 2022. So f freezing the list basically six, seven months before the first qualification event Mm. Gives everyone the chance to buy the equipment, train on it, and then go to the qualification event. Is this something more you think is worth mention at this stage regarding the than than the Olympics? No, I think in in general, I said that in the introduction, um, it's great for the sport to to become Olympic. It will give the whole sport a new push. And what we are most happy about is that we kept the whole industry involved, and we are. The first, the first Olympic event or the first Olympic class that will not follow a one design or measurement rule uh, system, mm -hmm. and that was important from from the very beginning of the IKA when we started all of that. That we wanted to do it different and keep the industry involved to keep the support for the sailors, for the for the riders, yeah. um, to keep sponsorship going, um, to allow people to compete on different equipment that. Uh, that caters for different sizes and weights. And yeah, we succeeded with that. And 
I think that's a great achievement for the sport. Do you think that windsurfing will be windsurfing hydrofoil also 24? Well, that's a good question. The current the current uh, slate of events has retained RSX in it, um, which I know a lot of the windsurfing world is unhappy with. Um, but there is a anti-monopoly review for for RSX, so. There will be still evaluation and new criteria, so things could still change. Uh, it will be a bit more difficult to get wind foiling in than than with a completely new event, but there's still there's still a chance. Okay. But um, that will be worked out over over the winter, and that was not <laughs> our main concern. On this, the main concern was to get kiteboarding in. Yeah, sure. And the rest is <laughs> is whatever it is. Yeah, a big congratulations. Next step for you uh, in Panama. Um, so the North American North American Championships formula were last week, and that was a qualification for the Pan American Games 2019 and the World Beach Games. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Monday for for the Asian Championship, which is also World Ranking Points and World Beach Games qualification uh, points. And then it's the end of the year. Um, it was a long one. Cool. And 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 next year, 2019, uh, how many Formula Kites event and Gold Cup? Uh, Gold Cups, we are planning four to five. Um, there is so three are confirmed already, and we hope that the other two are also getting confirmed fairly soon. Mm. And Formula, we will have uh, worlds, Europeans, North Americans, South Americans, Asians, and hopefully Oceania, um, talking to Perth and to Melbourne. Um, the biggest issue as for, for everyone in sailing or everyone in sport is Africa, but hopefully we get something um, to Africa as well. I think, yeah, the feedback from and I, 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 we met each other for the first time in Aarhus uh, this yeah. summer at the World Championship there. Um, but the feedback from that event was that uh, riders said that the course was very short. It was almost five six minutes up to the no, the, the 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 whole race. What will the future be for for Formula Kite? Will it be that short, or will you make the race longer because it was very tight at the top mark? Um, some of the riders said. Yeah, to for explanation or probably justification of of that, um, that was a leftover when when the notes of race for uh, for Aarhus was published, which is Aarhus was the big the first big qualification event for, for 2020 for the Olympic classes. Mm-hmm. So the notes of race has been published a long time ago, like a year in advance or so. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we were campaigning to get an 11th medal and to get to Tokyo, um, which still might happen, but let's see. Um, and the only way to get an 11th medal was to do something different than the other sailing classes. So not to do long windboard lured races as all the others. Mm-hmm. The message from the IOC was pretty clear that they are not they're not considering giving another medal for doing an eleventh time the same thing. Yeah. So that's where the short track format came from. Um, now in the meantime, we had the May meeting and 
kiteboarding got one of the normal 10 medals. So we don't have to campaign for an, for another medal anymore and to do, you know, um, things different. Mm -hmm. So what we did now in the North Americans already was we went, we went back to, to longer windboard, do what courses, what gate, what everyone is used to, similar to what we are doing in the gold. Um, so the courses will definitely get longer, probably not all the way to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, in Cagliari, we had we had around 15 minutes races with 60 60 starters on the line. Um, when we're talking about 20 or how, however many the quota will be in the end, mm -hmm. then we are probably looking for 10 or 12 minute races. Okay. And what is also clear that uh, once the level gets up and everyone gets closer together, the races have to become longer to get the separation on the top mark. Mm -hmm. Um, so Aarhus was probably the last left over from campaigning for the 11th medal. That's why that okay. format was in the notes of a year ago. Mm -hmm. And now we're going back to, to more normal courses that, that everyone likes. And, um, the riders were very happy in San Diego that we, uh, that we went back to, to longer courses. Good. Um, final question. Uh, when I talked with Adauri and Sofia, uh, Attending to the Youth Olympic, uh, border cross. Uh, Adori is still a fr he's a freestyle rider still, and Sofia is not competing, but they both has been competing. And and um, but isn't there any possibility to arrange this border cross slalom competition? Is maybe not every race need to be the border cross because it's more complicated to arrange than just a slalom course? Uh, but but isn't it possible to arrange it together with the freestyle tour? Because I mean, Adori is like he's planning 2019, and and it, it will be tough schedule to get it in. That was the case. I mean, maybe for 10 years ago, that when they had some freestyle racing, they did some uh, slalom or, or just uh, racing. But has, has there been any thoughts about this? Yes, that should be possible. Um, the freestyle tour. Surely has no interest to do anything else than, than freestyle. Uh, from our side, that wouldn't be a problem. The only problem with it is really to run it properly. And we've seen that at the Youth Olympic Games, you need a lot of resources. You need a lot of boats, even if you don't hit obstacles, but to umpire on the water, you need a lot of boats and you need the right people to do it. Otherwise, the, the referee calls will be, will be uh, a disaster. Yeah. Um, so it's adding quite some complexity and some costs to potential organizers. But in, in theory, that would make sense to rather combine it with freestyle events than with foil events. Because the, the whole idea of twin tip racing was that you can do it with the same twin tips, with the same tube kites that everyone is having for free riding or for freestyle anyway, and go racing with it. And that would be a great opportunity to to get new people into racing and to give them a first taste of of the racing scene, and then some of them might change over to foils. Mm. From Sofia, thinks about going to say Nakra 15 for a year and then go kite foiling, but let's see. Yeah, I think they both both mentioned that they will uh, go over to foil racing. So we hope to see them there. Okay, Marcus, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. This was a podcast from kiteracing.net. My name is Peter Svenhardt Ingerstam with music from PHYSX.